You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, little late night Sunday podcast with uh, Jason Caldwell and Philip Dukes. It's been it's been a very chaotic past couple of, I guess, half a week or so since Wednesday when the transfer portal window opened back up for Auburn. Uh, transfers have been flocking to Auburn like crazy, um, and it's honestly been a little hard to keep up with. Um, you know, it's kind of been a situation where we've been sitting in, you know, the lobby of the football complex just waiting for guys to walk in. Nope. You know, good to see him walk in. You know, we expected he would visit. Oh, who is that? I don't know who that kid is. Um, we need to ask, you know, who that kid is. Um, it's been a lot of that kind of a little bit chaotic, um, a fair amount of commitments in there. And, you know, with Jason here, Jason, not even going to ask you how you're doing because I've been around you a bunch. Yeah. We've been sitting on the couch in the football complex lobby for quite a while, but Dukes, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, glad to be back at it. Uh, after the new year, things died down, and they picked up in a hurry this past week. So it's good to be back at it. Yeah, no, it uh, it picked up very, very quickly over the past couple of days. Uh, the first name that we're going to start off talking about is Gunnar Britton, the former Western Kentucky offensive tackle. Um, Auburn fans are probably a little familiar with him from the game later in the later in the year this past year. Um, he's been, I think, he's played in every game except for two. For Western Kentucky since 2019, so he's a very experienced tackle. Played left tackle, played right tackle, um, and I think every Auburn fan obviously understands the need at offensive tackle. Um, and so you get him to visit. I think he shows up Wednesday, commits Thursday night before leaving Friday morning. Um, and so Jason, that was I mean that was a huge pickup for Auburn to really really kickstart things. It was, and and you know folks are seeing this photo right now. That was from the Auburn game last last year, and. Um, we saw the guy we saw was much bigger than than the guy that looks like in his photo. And I found out why I talked to his dad. And he said he had you know, a tooth issue, like an abscess tooth or something during the season. And it took about three weeks for that to heal. He said he, did, he didn't have solid food for three weeks playing offensive line. He lost almost 30 pounds. And so it's a guy that when he played Auburn, he was probably 280. And he's going to be about 315 uh, at Auburn and he can carry it. But he's got it. One of these guys that you look at, he was 6'6", 265, coming out of high school, um, was a tweener guy, you know, goes to West Kentucky, and, and now he come to Auburn looking to improve his draft stock, playing in the Southeastern Conference every game um, with the new facility, the training table, the strength and conditioning program. Really interesting guy, and, you know, I think you look at him, technique, fundamentals, some things he can tweak and improve, but – Huge need and uh, obviously a big a big deal for Auburn to get him along with, um, you know, transfer offense tackle from, from Tulsa. So you get a couple of guys outside that can 
can, I mean, have every opportunity to come in and, and earn a starting job right away. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. You probably, you might have your starting offensive tackles from the transfer portal, um, and Gunnar Britton and Dylan Wade. Um, I, you know, worst case scenario, one of those guys, you know, Dylan Wade is a little smaller. He could shift inside and play guard, maybe. I think Alvin really likes him at tackle, though. Um, and, you know, Gunnar Britton, um, he could play either tackle spot, and so could Dylan Wade. So you've kind of, you feel pretty good about what you've gotten there um, so far. I don't think Auburn is done um, on the offensive line, and we'll talk about that here later on in the show. Um, I don't think they're done at offensive tackle either with those two guys they picked up. I think if the right opportunity presented itself, Auburn would grab another offensive tackle out of the portal. Um, you know, switching gears to the defensive line, uh, flash forward to, I guess it was Saturday. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was yesterday. We're recording this Sunday night, uh, where Messiah Nasili Kite, the former Maryland defensive tackle, uh, he arrived at Washington in 2018, redshirted that year went to a community college for one year, and then he went to Maryland for the past three years. Been a really pretty productive player for Maryland. Um, injuries hampered his 2022 season a little bit, but still pretty productive. Um, and look, guys, we've talked about it a lot, the big needle on the defensive line, uh, not only edge rushers or jack linebackers, whatever you want to call them, but also just inside guys. I mean, Auburn was so thin there. Um, and now you pick up uh, Messiah Nasili Kite, He's got one year of eligibility left, uh, if I remember correctly. And so, you know, you've got him um, kind of a Colby Wooden-esque kind of guy. He's not going to be a true nose tackle. Um, so it'll be, he'll be kind of a fun player to watch as he kind of moves around the defensive line. Jason, I'll start with you. And then Dukes, I want to get your take as well on him just a little bit. Yeah, he's he's going to be a three-eye, four-eye kind of guy like Colby Wooden was. Um and uh, you look at him and, and Marcus Harris, kind of uh, almost the same kind of guy in this system. And what it does, it gives you a lot of options um, because you're right. There's going to be a true nose kind of guy, whether it's Jason Jones or a guy that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, you know, another recent transfer commitment in Lawrence Johnson. One of those guys could be a true middle guy. But this these guys that give you the option to to rush the passer, but also hold it down. He's two ninety five or so, so quick twitch guy, really athletic. And so um, I think it's a big deal when you look at it and the experience he brings from the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, the guy that's played, you know, been outside at the Pac-12, he's, he's kind of had to earn his stripes and uh, pretty productive, you're right. So uh, I think uh, I think a guy in this system is going to be an important player coming in right away. Yeah, when I watched, uh, when I watched the Sealy Kite – uh, a lot. Of, I saw how he liked to mix it up, which I thought was important as far as coming into uh, the SEC, being more of a scrappy player, somebody who doesn't mind doing the dirty work, um, and also has some sneaky athleticism about himself that where, you know, if you don't think it, his get off is a lot better than what you may think it would be just from looking at him. So um, I think it's a really good pickup, bringing in some experience and somebody who's ready to come in and play day one in the trenches where you need somebody to come play day one, a major need. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason, uh, you know, you touched on it there. I had honestly kind of forgotten the fact that you pick up two big 10 defensive tackles. I'm kind of feel like I'm losing my mind over the past couple of days. Um, but you got Lawrence Johnson earlier today on Sunday morning. Um, and Correct. this one, this one is going to be more of your true nose tackle, more of a defensive tackle. Um, but so you get two experienced guys with one year left, um, so you don't handicap necessarily the future of that room, Correct. but you bolster the 2023 room. Yeah, big deal to bring that experience, guys that have played there. 
They've been there and done it. And, and you look at, you know, they got size, physicality. And you're right. What this does is it allows you to still bring on a young guy like a Darren Reed. You know, bring on some of these guys that you signed, um, Jeffrey Emba. Those, those guys are still be in the mix because that's that's the goal is is to kind of have that bridge guys. You want to carry over class to class, let those young guys play, get experience, build confidence, and while the old guys kind of can hold it down some because they've been there, done that. So that's what this allows you to do. Now you've now gotten – yeah, now you got more experience. Marcus Harris got his played a ton of football. Jason Jones got some snaps last year. Is there? You guys, Ikevis Walker coming back, and now you add two two poor. You've now got those some of those pieces in play. Still need those pass rush guys to come on, and, and we'll see what happens. But this scheme is the, the interesting part of things because it's a three three five. How aggressive they are! Look at this game coming up. With Georgia TCU, TCU is a very similar scheme, but they're really aggressive, and, and they don't have huge linebackers, but they send those guys from all over the place. Auburn could do a similar type thing with, with the way this thing sets up, and it might allow you to do some things without having maybe a true pass rush edge guy. Yeah, Jason, you touched on Deron Reed. Uh, I want to give him a little bit of love. I mean, we were watching the All-American Bowl yesterday from the complex. Um, he, he was a monster. In terms of Auburn's signees, which there's five, that played in that game, Deron Reed might have been the most impressive. I think Connor Liu was really, really good. Um, he was kind of pushing just about everybody off, um, playing there at center. Uh, Kay and Lee had some good plays as well. Tyler Scott made some plays, which we'll jump to him here in a second. Um, but Deron Reed looked uh, – he looked incredible. Uh, I think Auburn should feel really, really good about what it got there uh, based on you know watching him play against some of the best guys in the country. And obviously, like I just said, Tyler Scott was the big news from the game uh, yesterday on Saturday. Uh, you know, the cornerback, it's like I've always said, it's a three-star right now. I think Tyler will jump to a four-star based on the performance he's had this past week, but it's a five-star offer list. You look down the list of schools that were interested in him, and it was everybody in the country, Dukes. I mean, Alabama wanted him. Texas wanted him. USC wanted him. LSU was interested. Miami was interested. Louisville was interested. Louisville is – Surprisingly, had a very good class in 23 and 24. Um, so they're not necessarily a team to mess around with here. You know, there's been a Michigan wanted him. It, just about everybody wanted him. And it's Zach Etheridge, Coach Crime, Hugh Freeze that come out on top. He had signed back on December 21st, uh, makes things official during the All-American Bowl on Saturday. Duke's kind of what is Auburn getting in Tyler Scott? Uh, a dog, man. Absolutely aggressive, uh, plays with a chip on his shoulder, uh, strong, long, fast, um, good IQ, can play anywhere in the secondary. If you need him to take – I mean, he has the hips to play slot if he absolutely has to, especially when you talk about moving a move tight end into the, or, or that uh, H that uh, H receiver type guy that you want to put in the slot. So when you think about teams that have – like let's look at Auburn. Who do you have that can guard a Fairweather or a Landon King? So Tyler Scott would be that kind of hybrid guy who can slide into the slot when needed, or he can play on the perimeter either way. So um, I really like his game. He's he he he's willing to set the edge. I saw him make a lot of plays where he just blew up bubble screens. Uh, with show and, and when I see kids that uh or, or or players that are able to diagnose bubble screens early and and still not get beat on a double move the next time, that's when I say, okay, this guy has a, a really good grasp of the game. And that's something I saw time and time again out of Tyler Scott. Yeah, I mean, 
you have to give credit to Arkansas State here, to be honest. Uh, he was an Arkansas State commit back in June. I want to say he committed June 25th or somewhere around there, June 15th maybe. Um, and so, you know, Arkansas State makes really, really good evaluation on Tyler Scott. Um, <laughs> right. and slowly teams across the country start to pick up on that. It was around August where he started to really pick up offers, just continue to kind of around the course of, you know, the entire fall. Auburn and Zach Etheridge were one of those early big offers in August. Um, that ends up paying off where you get him um, in a loaded DB class. And we'll get to, you know, one of the other guys here in a second that Auburn added. Actually, we'll go to him next. I was going to go to DeMario Tolan, but we'll go to CJ Johnson next, stick in the, stick in the secondary. So on Sunday, uh, Auburn makes it official. Um, and CJ Johnson makes it official, picking up the big safety out of Texas. Uh, this is a guy that coach crime recruited back at Louisville. Um, and, you know, as soon as he gets to Auburn, he offers CJ Johnson, big safety, uh, six, he told us, before his announcement, he was 6'3", 193. So a pretty similar frame to Terrence Love, kind of those big, strong safety, box safety, maybe a money backer, um, depending on kind of how Ron Roberts wants to play it. So, look, I said it on Twitter, this is one of the most – this is one of the best DB classes in the country. Um, Auburn has picked up not only a ton of guys, but a lot of really good guys. Then the latest one is C.J. Johnson. Yeah, when I look at him, you know, we're talking about like T Love, that's the guy we've seen. Two similar guys, and we've talked about the potential. Does T Love wind up maybe as an outside linebacker, a guy that ended up rushing the passer? I think the same thing you can say for CJ Johnson when you look at a guy that's 6'3, almost 200 pounds. And <clears throat> again, we, we go back to scheme, go back to scheme of, of, of speed, and it's almost like a bunch of bumblebees that on the, on the, on the back end of, of, of the, the eight guys, maybe the seven guys other than a middle linebacker. You think about like TCU and some of these defenses and you look out there and there's about six guys that all look the same size and they play different positions. You never know where they are. I think that's what he gives you. He's a, he's a really athletic guy. I think, I think one of the more underrated guys and it, it, sometimes it's hard in the state of Texas when you start, you know, there's so many guys, it's hard to maybe stand out. I think Auburn got a steal. I really do. I think this guy's really good. Um, obviously, played some really good competition. And, you know, you live in Katy, Texas, and you don't go to Katy High School, um, you probably get overlooked a little bit. Um, I, I would like this pick up a bunch. <clears throat> I think he's a guy that's going to play um, and play pretty early, maybe special teams guy. But, man, he, he's an intriguing guy, especially if he comes in and all of a sudden you look up and he's 205 as a freshman. Then, you know, who, who knows where he, where he winds up. Yeah, Jason, you talked about underrated. I mean, I think I want to say he's the seventh DB of Auburn's class. Yeah. So, look, he's got to be good if Auburn wants to take him. It's not like they have a huge need there. They've got to believe in C.J. Johnson a lot. Um, and clearly Coach Crime does because he offered him at Louisville and quickly offered him at Auburn. So, Auburn feels like it found something there. Um, Dukes, did you have something you wanted to say kind of on C.J.? No, just along the same lines as Jason and kind of to your point, um, Auburn didn't have to take C.J. Johnson. There, there yeah. wasn't a need there. You look at the depth that Auburn already has in the secondary, in addition to what they're bringing in, and you start to realize that this is somebody that had to get the sign off from multiple people uh, early on. The first person, I believe, crime offer when he got here, uh, got to Auburn. And uh, I just think as far as when you look at him, man, he has kind of that, uh, I want to say a little, a little bit of that dynamite in him that smoke Monday had um, when I think about that pop that he delivers and how he's a, lo a little more wiry, but he's still kind of solid. 
and uh when when and when he does uh he does pack a punch. So I think the more of those guys that you have in the secondary with how how teams like to throw it around where you don't have to take people off the field and you can send people in waves. Uh before we get to the next junior uh excuse me, the next transfer portal uh lineman we were talking about. I think it's really important that Auburn is going to be able to send waves and waves at people. And sometimes when you don't have, let's say you don't have all five-star talent across the board, when you're able to send consistently good players at you to have a fresh motor time and time again, you you take one guy and it's like he's fighting four other guys, you know, four the same guy. So uh, being able to have that, 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 that uh, duality and uh, consistency with the amount of players that they have at that level I think is one of the things that allow Auburn to get back to where they want to be sooner than later. Yeah. And one of the guys, you know, that we're going to see featured probably pretty heavily on Auburn's defense next year is Demario Tolan, uh, Auburn's not most recent transfer commitment, but uh, he committed on Sunday, early Sunday morning, made it official and signed. Uh, this one was a very pretty quick process. I want to say he entered the portal. I want to say Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever it was, he showed up at Auburn the next day. Um, and then, you know, he ends up being a signee. He had visited Mizzou as well after Auburn ends up being a signee by Sunday. This is a guy that the previous Auburn staff wanted pretty badly in the 2022 cycle. Uh, number 204 overall player in that class, one of the top linebackers. Uh, he goes to LSU, plays in 12 games. I think he has nine or 10 tackles. Um, starts to come on towards the later end of the year. There were some LSU fans, I was reading their message board, that were pretty upset that he was actually transferring because they felt like the future was pretty bright for him. Um, but, you know, the future will be right at Auburn now for DeMario <laughs> Tolan. So, you know, Dukes, this is someone you're familiar with from the previous class as well, obviously. Yeah, I, I really like Tolan's game. Um, longer, uh, has, has a nice frame on him. You want to see him try to – you maximize his frame to me looks at around like 227, 228 if he's maximizing it. Um, I think uh, when you guys saw him, what I think we said he was maybe closer to like 215 in that area. Probably around there, yeah. So, yeah, you, you get another year um, of SEC football in him, seeing where he can – the kid can fly. Uh, if you go look at his high school tape, he made plenty of plays. He's one of those guys that you, where it feels like you've got – if he's played special teams, it's like you've got a starter on special teams playing. Um, comes out of Orlando, I think, uh, out of Dr. Phillips, if I remember right. Um, really good program. Anybody that I talked to from that area uh, swore by him coming into the last class. Georgia wanted him uh, coming out originally. I think his last three visits may have been Georgia, Auburn, and LSU on officials. So uh, really good pedigree, somebody that Auburn needs. There is a need at linebacker. And I I think it's going to be interesting to see where Ron Roberts uh, utilizes him in his game. Yeah, with Owen Papo gone now, um, linebacker was – one of the most asked questions on the message board, I would say. Um, people obviously wanted to know about O-line. They wanted to know about D-line. But I felt like I saw so many threads about what's going on at linebacker um, because, you know, they didn't sign anybody from the high school ranks. There's not necessarily a whole lot going on there going into the February signing day either uh, for Auburn in terms of high school guys. Um, so people were a little concerned um, about what the future of the linebacker room would look like. I feel like you feel a little bit better. You feel a lot better now that you have DeMario Tolan. I still think Auburn goes out and gets another guy. Who that is, I don't know yet. Um, maybe you guys would have a better idea. I really don't have any names there as of right now. Um, but you feel good about getting him in, and he'll be in here for the spring. Uh, in terms of commitments, that's it. Uh, I, I said that's it. That you know that was a lot over the past since Thursday night to Sunday night. Those are all your commitments. Um, 
but that obviously is not all of the guys that were on campus. There were a ton of other transfers on campus as well. I think one of the most intriguing ones, um, and he stayed for several days on his visit, is Nick Mardner, the former, if the picture wants to load, there we go, the former Cincinnati wide receiver who played at Hawaii uh, under Marcus Davis in 2021. That was his best year by far when he was at Hawaii. He had 46 receptions, over 900 yards, a couple of touchdowns as well. Huge receiver. He's listed at 6'6", uh, interviewing the kid in person. I promise you he is actually 6'6". Really, really good kid. Um, and he said it's going to come down to Auburn and Cal. And by the time you're listening to this, there could be a decision. He said it'll be Monday or Tuesday. Um, and so we're on the lookout for that. It kind of feels like Auburn probably has the strong kind of the leader here. But, you know, with these transfers, like we've said, it's kind of tough to tell. Yeah, it is. It, it's hard to tell. You're right. The connection to Marcus Davis, the fact that Auburn doesn't really have anybody like this. Um, they got a couple of guys with some size. But this is a smaller receiver room, and you, you're, you're talking about bringing in a guy that's 6'6". That's, that's a different kind of guy. You know, we're still not sure where Landon King's going to fit into this room when he comes back. Is he going to be a wide receiver? Is he going to be a hybrid tight end? I kind of feel like he's going to go back to being a hybrid tight end, but, I mean, that's I guess that remains to be seen. But, you know, they, they don't have a body like this, and this guy's got experience, big playability, and he can run. I mean, he's just not like a big loper guy. He's he's guy that has some speed, and so um, – would be a really interesting guy to a room that I feel like it's uh, kind of a raw deal a little bit because of it's, it's been more of the offense. I think there's some talent on this wide receiver group. Um, and I think he could come in and, and, and give him a little spark as, as, as more of the big guy. Yeah. You're just missing kind of one of those. You feel good about what you have about Camden Brown for the future. Um, and I think Camden Brown could be that guy this next year. Um, but you really need two of those guys. Um, and so if you're able to get Nick Mardner, again, this is a graduate transfer. He's got one year of eligibility. You don't cap the wide receiver room for the future. You still give guys like Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, uh, Jay Fair, some of those other guys, time to develop. Dequavius Story, once he gets in as well. Um, so we'll see where that goes with Nick Mardner. One of the other interesting visitors was Micah Mazuka out of Baylor. That is pronounced correctly, um, at least according to Baylor's website. This is a guard, one of the best run-blocking guards uh, in all of the Power Five in terms of 2022 PFF grades. Um, and so, you know, this would be kind of a big, big brawler that you could put at guard and pair with Jeremiah Wright. I think that's a really fun pairing um, if that's how it ends up shaking out. And he actually announced on Twitter on Sunday that he'll announce his decision on Tuesday. That'll come down to Auburn, Nebraska, and Florida. He actually visited all three of those schools in that order. Um, over this past five days or whatever it was. Tough to tell where he's leaning. Um, I think Auburn definitely has a fighting chance. I think Nebraska feels pretty good about him. I would say Florida might be the one team on the outside looking in. I would look at it as more of an Auburn-Nebraska battle. Um, but Dukes, I mean, yeah, we talked about offensive linemen and the need to still pick up more guys there. You already got some tackles. You'd still like to get probably at least a guard and maybe even a center as well. Um, and Micah Mazuka seems to be the one guy that they're really, really looking at to be the guard to bring in. Oh, Dukes, you're muted. Yeah, I think um, in order to get back, you know, as, as far as to where Arvin is used to being, you got to have some nastiness up front. I thought it was so refreshing to see Jeremiah right towards the end of the year. Uh, we saw some of the penalties that we didn't like, but we also saw a lot of the tenacity that we did. Uh, 
and he finishes his blocks like a, a real mean streak. Somebody who's kind of like almost like a leader through his play when it came down to like we're not backing down from anybody. And I think the more of those guys you can bring in as far as to, to – to, and I think uh, – let, let me say this. In the transfer portal world, the culture and, and with the COVID year that, that's, that's out there, the culture of a team is so hard to maintain. So I think it's important by bringing in certain types of players to kind of set the culture for the guys who you know will be there for the next two or three years. This is a guy that will come in and, and that will hit somebody in the mouth. It's not going to be afraid of Georgia. It's not going to be afraid of Alabama. And those are the type of guys that you have to bring in. And I think if Auburn can get him along with, you've got a guy like uh, the, the Western Kentucky, Gunner from Western Kentucky, who's played against some uh, high-level competition, held his own did and did well, in my opinion, against Auburn last year. You've got guys who will help you be competitive in the SEC year one in the Hugh Freeze era. And I think the more of these type of guys that you can bring in, the better. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, one of the other guys is Damian George, the former Alabama offensive lineman. Uh, he played decent amount at Alabama, got a handful of starts there. Uh, this is a potential tackle slash guard guy. Uh, this is coming down to Alabama and Ole Miss, who he visited after he visited Auburn. Um, you know, it's tough to tell in terms of where guys stand on Auburn's board. Damian George is kind of an interesting one where you could get him as a tackle or a guard. Uh, so maybe if Micah Mazuka falls through and he commits to Nebraska or Florida on Tuesday. Um, and if Damian George is still available and, you know, you haven't gotten him or maybe you haven't gone full court press on him, uh, maybe you could push even harder for him, you know, if things fall through on Tuesday. Or if you do get Mazuka, maybe you decide that you do want Damian George and put him over at tackle. Um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Jason, just kind of your thoughts on Damian George and what he could potentially bring to the room. Yeah, I think you take you know a couple of guys if you could get them uh, from the portal just because of the, the, the lack of experience and knowing that, you know, you probably need eight guys on an offensive line. Um, and the better your seventh and eight guys are, the better off you're going to be. And so, uh, think about Damian George is massive. I'm talking about 6'6", 355, massive. Like, he's yeah. huge. So, he's a guy that can be a road grader. I think if you put him, you know, as a right guard guy, um, being really intriguing and fit. And, you know, you, you talked about Jeremiah Wright earlier. Here, Here's the thing about the offensive line right now is – is that if you keep getting better around the center, then guys like Tate Johnson, Jalila Irvin, all of a sudden they don't have to do quite as much. Even when Connor Lee. Better yeah. beside them, then it helps out everybody. So, yeah, you'd like to have a center, just almost like quarterback right now. The more guys you can get to create competition, the better off you are. And so I think that's the goal right now. But you had to have 
a couple of those guys can play tackle. I mean, there's that wasn't about competition. That's about survival. You've gotten that done so far. Now, how much more can you add to create more of that competition on the offensive line? That's the goal now for for these portal offensive linemen, and Auburn needs them. I mean, they need guys um, because they're just they're just a handful of guys. Period, and only a, a handful of guys that have ever played. Period, and so the more of these guys they can get, the better off they are. Yeah, and kind of the same thing for the defensive line. Uh, one of the guys that we saw visit on Sunday, or he arrived Saturday night, left Sunday afternoon, Justin Rogers, uh, former Kentucky defensive tackle. He was the number 52 player in the 2022, 2020 class. Um, and so he was one of Kentucky's best signees, like, ever. Um, and he was relatively productive there. I believe he signed as an offensive lineman and made the move quickly over to defensive line. More of a nose tackle. I think he's listed around 6'3", 336. Um, I talked with him after his visit today on Sunday. He said it's down to Auburn, LSU, and a surprise mystery SEC school. I think that's or I think that's Alabama or Georgia. Um, you know, we'll see. He said he's going to visit that school next weekend and then quickly have a decision. Obviously, if it is one of those two schools, you would probably favor them. But when it comes to these transfer guys, it's not necessarily about the biggest school. It's not even necessarily about the best relationship you have with someone. But these transfer guys, it's all about playing time. Um, and, you know, Auburn can present a lot of that along the defensive line. This is a guy that you could pair with Jason Jones as your nose tackle um, and feel pretty good about getting him. So you know, we'll see kind of where things go with him. And then the other guy that visited on Sunday, total surprise visitor. Uh, Jeffrey Lee and I were down there sitting in the lobby just talking. We were talking about running backs because we were just talking with Damari Alston when he had walked in. And you know, we were talking about still feels like, you know, you need to get one guy. Um, you almost need a Jordan Ingram type guy where you just need another scholarship back who can get carries um, if need be, you know, because you, you make a run at Dylan Johnson. He ends up committing to Washington. I think he was looking for more of an opportunity to be the guy and not necessarily paired with Jarquez Hunter. Um, and so you, you need another guy in that running back room. You can't just have three scholarship guys in Jarquez Hunter, Demari Alston and Jeremiah Cobb once he arrives in the summer. Uh, and sure enough, after Jeffrey and I were talking about it for a little bit, Brian Batty walks down uh, the staircase. Batty? Batty. I, I don't remember how he said it was pronounced, but former South Florida running back. Very productive this past season. He had almost 1,200 rushing yards, ran for almost seven yards per carry. Uh, in 2021, he was a consensus All-American as a kick returner. Uh, and, and in 2022, he was an All-American as an all-purpose player um, down there at USF. So, you know, this isn't necessarily your Jordan Ingram guy. This is a guy that would compete for carries. You know, he would certainly be in the mix there with Jarquez and Demari Austin and Jeremiah Cobb. It'd be interesting to see how he fits in. He's much smaller. He's listed at five foot eight, um, and so he's you know it felt like Auburn wanted a bigger back, and he's kind of the opposite of that. Um, but you know, he said he talked with Cadillac Williams and Hugh Freeze. He flew up on Sunday morning, left by like Sunday evening or so. He said that they had a good plan for him. He's going to go visit Colorado next week, and then he'll have a decision next Sunday on the 15th. Um, so it's kind of Auburn and Colorado there. You know, we'll see. That's a name that really came out of the blue today, a um, name that no one had really been tracking at all, and you know, he just showed up in the complex. So we'll see where kind of Auburn goes there. Jason? Yeah. You know, Auburn starts classes this week. Um, the last day to even add a class at Auburn is, is December. You know, it's January 18th. It sure feels like this was a look at Auburn, but I feel like I'm going to Colorado. I, maybe I'm wrong, uh, and maybe it's enough to to sway a guy. But I would imagine 
a guy like this is going to where he's he wants to go for some some immediate play in time. You know, he'll have an opportunity to compete for that at Auburn. There's no question about it. But it, the timeline feels a little off on this one to me. Uh, maybe maybe a, a visit's enough there, but it, it it feels a little a little different to me anyway. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Like we said, these transfers are really really tricky. It's hard yes, unless it, unless you know the kid, um, and you've previously known the kid. It's pretty hard to get a grasp on it because, like we've talked about, it's just an absolute whirlwind where a guy enters the portal. They're at another school the next day, and they're signed two days later. Instead of a three-year recruiting process, it's a three-day or less recruiting process yeah. for some of these guys. Um, and it does. It, it it becomes – and here – hey, you hear it all the time in, in high school recruiting where it goes, it's a business decision. When you're a guy that has one year or two years, it's absolutely a business decision for those guys. And so you don't need to see as much of – honestly, you don't need to see as much of town, of campus – you want football facility, coaches, what's my role, how does it work? That's that's the name of the game for a lot of these transfer guys. Yeah, absolutely. We've just got a couple more names to touch on. Uh, Bryson Green, there's not a lot to necessarily say here. Former Oklahoma State wide receiver who visited. Um, we didn't end up talking with him after his visit. Uh, it's down to Auburn and Ole Miss. He visited Ole Miss afterwards. Probably have a decision here soon. We'll see kind of what happens there. Don't really know. And then obviously the name that everybody wants to know about right now is Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback. Um, he, he did not visit Auburn, despite some reports of people saying he visited. Uh, we sat in the lobby of the Auburn football facility for pretty much all day, every single day from Wednesday through Sunday. He did not visit. I believe he did visit Ole Miss, at least according to our Ole Miss 24-7 site. Um, and, you know, it's an Auburn-Ole Miss battle, but I think Auburn still feels like they're in it here. Um, it's, you know, it's been an interesting kind of recruitment. Jason, like you literally yeah. just touched on, one-year guy, all he needs to know about is football. Correct, that's it. And, and, and you know, hey, there was an entire recruiting cycle where guys didn't get to visit anywhere, and they were on Zoom calls, and, and guys made decisions doing that. You can still do that, um, and that's a possibility for a guy like this. You're talking about a guy that potentially could come in in January, and he's here for 11 months, essentially, um, you know, 12 months. That, that's so, um, you know, hey, what are we doing? Yeah, I like this offense. Hey, uh, can I get a video tour of the facility? Okay, that's it. I don't need anything else. Um, that's what you're talking about in some of these situations. We'll see, if, you know, what happens with a guy like this. Um, um, maybe it's not enough, but you think about, you know, the potential, you know, roadblocks, um, you know, you start talking about getting on the field. He's going to have a competition at Ole Miss just like he would at Auburn. So there's going to be a competition no matter where these guys go. And um, I think that's the goal for, for most of these coaches right now. Yeah, Dukes, I want to ask you real quick just kind of about the quarterback room and your thoughts there. Um, you know, if you don't pick up Spencer Sanders, you're probably not getting a guy in for the spring, at least it seems like right now. Um, and so then you would go through the spring with Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner as your scholarship quarterbacks, Hank Brown arriving in the summer, and you would still imagine Auburn would get a quarterback after the spring, which could be could end up being pretty good. You know, there could be some good names, you know, maybe a backup at Georgia or a backup at some other schools where former five star guy, um, but they just don't win the job. Dukes, I kind of just want to get your thoughts on the quarterback room and just kind of, you know, would you personally? feel like would you feel comfortable if Auburn didn't land Spencer Sanders 
and went into the spring with two scholarship quarterbacks. Obviously, the spring doesn't matter in terms of scholarship numbers. It's all about the fall. But I just, you know, would you be concerned if Auburn doesn't have, you know, doesn't have their guy to compete with Robbie Ashford for the spring? No, I wouldn't be as concerned. Um, just based on the fact of, uh, I think they're being a lot more selective than they been. If they weren't being as selective, I would be concerned where you just have waves and waves of quarterbacks coming in and nobody's choosing Auburn. I think that the fact that there have only been a handful of guys and there are a ton of quarterbacks in the portal, and there have only been a, a, a handful of guys at an SEC school like Auburn that have even visited. If I mean, who's visited? Actually, it's, it's been it's only been Devin Leary, um, the former NC State quarterback, and he committed to Kentucky. Uh, Auburn would have liked to have had Grayson McCall, but the academic issues there were too much um, for him to go anywhere. So that was just unfortunate luck for Auburn because if that's not an issue, he's probably on Auburn's campus moving in today. Yeah, and I think the the fact that Auburn isn't as – look at the offensive linemen who, who visited. Look at the defensive linemen. You look at the positions of need that have been catered to in this uh, short cycle – since uh, the new staff has been here, and you can kind of see what their priority is. And as far as my level of concern, it kind of it, it kind of mirrors that. Uh, I was a lot more concerned about the offensive line and the defensive line than I was the quarterback position. And I think that mirrors what the coaching staff believes. And then, like you said, in uh, the second – we call it the second portal in May after spring when everybody figures out who what they're going to be – who they are to their team. A lot of these guys who are saying, okay, once they get the new portal quarterbacks in before in the winter period, then there are gonna be guys, like you said, a former four star, maybe a four former five star, somebody who's who got who gets beat out in the spring and, and an announcement is made. So I I'm not concerned at all, just to answer your question. And I think that if and if Auburn had to go into the season with Robbie Ashford as the quarterback, I'm not looking at it as a bad thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think you've upgraded the team in a lot of ways around Robbie Ashford. Uh, he has an offensive line to actually sit behind now, uh, even where things stand now. You know, I think they'll get a couple more guys to help him out there. But you've upgraded the team around him. You've added Rivaldo Fairweather. You'll add a running back at some point. You'll add a wide receiver or two still at some point as well. So, uh, look, you, even if you do bring in a transfer guy, it's not his job. It's his job to win. Yeah, and well, and here's the other part about it too. Everything is, you know, not everything's about the quarterback. Sometimes, sometimes it's about the offense and the system. For three years, all I heard Auburn people complain about was Bo Nix couldn't play. Looked pretty darn good this year. When you put when you have a system that's more favorable for a quarterback, sometimes it allows those guys to blossom, especially when the, the experience factor comes along. Robbie Ashford's talented. He's physically gifted. He's got an arm that can throw it. You even saw in the Iron Bowl, like. He's capable of making those throws. And he's got to get better. He's got to get more consistent. So I think I think you, know, you, you think about him and think about Holden Garner. We, we still don't know what's going on with T.J. Finley, but I'm just telling you, Hank Brown, the, the signee that was committed to to Liberty, to this this staff before, and now he's he signed with Auburn. They really like this guy. They really believe he's going to be a player. And he played for you know Trent Dale for Lipscomb Academy up in 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 Nashville. So they've got a you know high school guy coming in. They got some some pieces, but. Deeks is right. You also got an entire spring to go, okay, what's it look like? Then then if it if it doesn't look right, there'll be other guys that, that'll still be there going, okay, take another run at a quarterback and create some more competition for August. Uh, I mean, that's, that's absolutely a possibility. 
yeah, guys, I think we'll probably leave it there. I think we're all going to collectively catch our breath a little bit over the next four days. Uh, it's a dead period starting Sunday night until Friday, uh, Friday morning. It's uh, recruits are allowed to visit again until about the end of January. Um, and so this time it'll be transfers that are able to visit and high schoolers. Um, so it'll be, you know, whoever's left in the 2023 class. I don't know if there's a ton of names still there. Um, and then a lot of it is going to be getting a jump start on that 2024 class. Auburn's already you know, planning its junior day on January 28th. Got a solid list of invites and guys that are confirmed to be coming as well. Um, so, you know, we'll have coverage of that. Hopefully catch our breath over the next couple of days a little bit, kind of recover from what's been a busy five days. But like we've talked about on the show, it's not over. Um, you know, Micah Mazuka will announce here soon. All, all of these guys that have visited will likely announce here soon. Or by the latest, you know, we're recording this Sunday night, by the latest next Sunday, um, because whether it's Auburn or whether it's another school, they've got to get enrolled for the spring. Um, so yeah, we'll see probably a couple more transfer visitors next weekend, uh, but it won't be quite as chaotic as these past couple of days have been. But we'll just kind of, you'll have to see. It's been a productive past couple of days for Auburn. Um, we'll look to have more, probably at least another podcast previewing next weekend, hopefully, maybe on Thursday or Friday morning, something like that. Um, so make sure you stay locked in over at auburnundercover.com. Uh, we'll have a ton of coverage over there. Jason will, Dukes will, I will. We'll have a ton of stuff there. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube if you're not already. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not watching the video, make sure to leave us a review um, on you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to. Um, so from Jason, from Dukes, Christian Clemente signing off. Thanks for listening. begun which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank samphill every monday through saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes we'll break down the biggest performers news and prospects who could make an impact this season make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found